This episode has been brought to you in part by Canderell and Kingset Capital. Coming soon, affordable luxury condominium living at 908 St. Clair West. Nestled into a vibrant, one-of-a-kind neighborhood, 908 St. Clair West is a modern treasure, offering a sophisticated lifestyle inspired by St. Clair Village and prestigious Forest Hill. Register today at 908stclairwest.com. How many concentration camps did you go to? I went to five concentration camps. The first concentration camp I went to was a camp called Majdanek. My parents and my twin sister, they were murdered on the same day that they are, we arrived there. That's Pinchas Guder. He's one of Canada's most active Holocaust survivors. And for years, he's raised awareness about what the Holocaust was like. But these days, the 89-year-old Toronto man is also on a different mission. He's raising awareness about the 1,200 poor and aging Holocaust survivors living in the Toronto area, who he says need millions of dollars to make their final years dignified and comfortable. Most of them, he says, are former Russian Jews who survived, but they weren't originally classified as survivors because they weren't in the camps or the ghettos, and they only came to Canada in recent years, many decades after the Holocaust. Guter's in charge of a committee at Jewish Family and Child Service in Toronto that's dedicated to helping them with emergency health needs, such as walkers and false teeth and hearing aids. All things, he says, the provincial health plan doesn't cover. That's why he's planning a gala in the spring to get 10 to $12 million in a kitty to help them. Because I think it's terribly important for people to be able to assist us, to help us, to get the public to know what is happening amongst needy Holocaust survivors living in the GTA and living in poverty and not having enough sufficient to keep body and soul together. And I think that is an obligation of the Jewish community, specifically more than any other obligation. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, February the 8th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. There are an estimated 10,000 Holocaust survivors living in Canada, according to the Claims Conference, and Toronto has the largest population of them, after Montreal, with pockets in the rest of Canada, including Winnipeg and Edmonton, Victoria, and all the major cities. About one in three lives in poverty. What does that look like? Well, many live on pensions that they get from the Claims Conference or from the Austrian and German governments, and that's worth about $10,000 a year. Plus, they got some hardship top-up checks these past two years because of COVID to the tune of about $1,700 more a year. Local Jewish federations and donors like the Azrieli Foundation support them with some money too, which is all distributed through Jewish organizations like the Coming Centre in Montreal or Jewish Family Services in Vancouver. In Toronto, it works a little differently. There is more than one Jewish community group taking care of survivors. They all do different things. Circle of Care gets the most money for Meals on Wheels and Home Care. And then Pinchas Guter's group, through Jewish Family and Child Service, pays for emergency needs like health devices. Coming up, Pinchas Guter will be here along with the vice president of his committee, Dori Eckstein. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Marilyn Sinclair in Markham, Ontario, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. The family of the late Esther Pollard is just getting up from Shiva this week in Israel and in Canada. Esther died a week ago in Israel from complications due to COVID. 
She was the wife of Jonathan Pollard, the convicted American spy. Esther was originally from Montreal. She was known then as Elaine Zeitz. The couple met as pen pals when Pollard was already serving his 30-year sentence in a North Carolina prison for spying on behalf of Israel. His wife became a tireless campaigner for his release. She even went on a two-week-long hunger strike. Pollard couldn't leave the United States until December 2020 because of restrictions on his parole. But eventually, former President Donald Trump's supporter, the late Sheldon Adelson, flew them to Israel on his private plane, where former Israeli President Benjamin Netanyahu greeted the Pollards on the tarmac at the airport. Esther had been battling breast cancer. And joining me now from Toronto are Pinchas Scooter and Dori Eckstein. Why are you... Uh Telling this story to the public now, what is going on with the the situation with needy Holocaust survivors? Well, people are not aware of the extent of how many Holocaust survivors there are in the GTA who need assistance with all kinds of things. Uh, Everything that OHIP doesn't cover. These are frail people, and there are approximately, I would say, about 1,200 of them who are needy Holocaust survivors who are living below the poverty datum line and who are living either on subsistence from government uh, assistance, housing, and so forth and so on. Their income is something between uh, six and nine thousand or ten, twelve thousand dollars a year. And this is all coming from, from sources which they haven't got of their own. Could you explain why the demographics has become more needy? Well, the thing is this. Uh, one, of the, one of the main reasons is because people are getting frailer. And uh, elderly, uh, elderly people are getting frailer. And they need things which they didn't need 20 years ago. Uh, you know, and the majority of those people are people that came from Russia. They are Russian-speaking. They are. Uh, they they don't have too many families here. Some of them have, and some of them don't. Some of them came as sponsored uh, immigrants. Some of them came because they were brought by the Jewish community, and they are living. Some of them are living all alone, and uh, and that is one of the reasons. As they were getting older and frailer, they need they need more things. I mean, 20 years ago, somebody didn't need incontinence supply, but now they do. Uh, 20 years ago, people didn't need walkers. Now they need walkers. 20 years ago, people didn't need special beds. They can't get into a hospital, a long-term care, because they are not they are not sufficiently frail, but they still need a hospital bed to be able to speak properly. So we have to supply these things. And the, the most that we give them at the moment, we had to reduce it. We used to give them up to $3,000 a year, once a year. Only up to three thousand. Now we reduced it to two thousand five hundred because we don't have enough money. We don't know where the money is coming, and this is one of the reasons why uh, it, it is becoming so serious, as far as I am concerned, and and very worried about it. the survivors that are now identified in the past two or three decades as survivors from the Soviet Union. They were not recognized as survivors right after the Holocaust. It was survivors from Poland and and areas in Eastern Europe that, you know, suffered in the concentration camps. And as the definition of survivors widened, these survivors were now recognized and therefore they're enabled to, they're entitled, sorry, to get these um, emergency funding. So that is also why, because 
they're becoming aware that they're they're able to get money from the claims conference and they're able to get this emergency assistance, which they were not. So strange enough, although the survivor population is dwindling, our group of needy survivors has increased. I don't think the average person who is in Toronto who is Jewish is even aware that this is a serious problem. This is a moral obligation, in my view, of the Jewish community to uh, cover whatever these people need until the end, that thought. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that is the that is exactly what I'm trying to drive at, to know it, in the Jewish public in the GTA. And I think that is actually uh, a fault that, that we've, act, we've, we've actually done something. We, we should have addressed this long time ago. So I, I feel, as a matter of fact, I feel guilty that this thing was neglected. I really do. Uh, let me just uh, ask you. So are you guys uh, looking for, okay, you get Federation money, you get uh, Azraeli money. Fortunately for us, Naomi Azraeli is the most wonderful woman. So she committed herself to $5 million over 10 years. So this was the first amount of money that we've been getting. And we've been drawing on that money. And as a matter of fact, we drew on this money this year over 700000 which is actually more than the, because they, they know that we are short. But what happens that as you draw the money and it's coming to the end of the $5 million, what's going to happen then? We need to have $10 million in our kitty apart from, from the Israeli. We need to do that so that we should have sufficient money until hopefully they're going to live to 120. But we know that over the next over the next 10 years, we're going to need less and less. And so are you going to uh, be looking for private donations or more from Fed? People should donate more to Federation. Like, where do you want this money to come from? Hopefully we are going to approach people to make bigger, bigger, big donations towards this fund. And we are and it's separate. We're not going to ask them to do this via Federation. But apart from that, we need to know that the larger Jewish public, because we also need the $18 and the $100 and the $500, it all adds up. You have personal uh, experience being the daughter of Holocaust survivors, right? Was it something that happened when your family was going through their health issues that brought you to work in this field? Maybe you want to share that with us. Well, um, my parents are fortunate enough to be able to afford. They weren't living below the poverty line or hovering near there. So they were able to afford these, uh, these items that they needed. However... I can speak as personal experience. My father suffered tremendously from um, problems with his teeth because he was a survivor in Auschwitz for two and a half years. Obviously, he, he was almost starving to death. There was no dental care for th that time, of course, and afterwards for many years. I don't think he saw a dentist for 10 years. So he really suffered as he aged um, and needed dentures and his teeth fell out. And that's the consequence of being a survivor. So every elderly person um, has ailments and, and conditions and you know struggles as they age, but survivors struggle that much more because of what they went through. And there are other things that uh, Holocaust survivors suffer. And I think we, we can't even imagine that some of these needy Holocaust survivors, which we service, what we don't ask all these questions. We don't know the inside, the trauma, the, the, their, you know, the trauma that they suffer from 
their, their, their mind, you know, their, their brain. So, so the thing is, we should try and alleviate, my last words to you are, we should try and alleviate their living as long as they are, can I know horrible in the conflict, that they should be able to live honorably and well, and not to have to suffer, you know, more than necessary. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily. It's sponsored, as usual, by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Richard Lapointe of Toronto. He's got a new science fiction book out. It's a thriller that pits Israel against China and the Iranians, and it's got artificial intelligence and the Mossad and a super virus that kills only Jews. It's called The Messiah Project, and you can find it on Amazon. And we'll end with this clip from a ceremony at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem with Canadian Connections. They designated as Righteous Among the Nations a Dutch doctor, Jacob Boone, who hid a 12-year-old Jewish boy named Abraham Weffer in his hospital during the Nazi occupation of their town of Bessem, which is outside Amsterdam. The rescuer and the boy were eventually betrayed to the Gestapo and imprisoned, but they both survived. Actually, Abraham Weffer and his whole family survived the Holocaust, and then they came to Canada after the war where they set up a flower shop in Toronto. All the Veffers have since passed away, as has Dr. Bone, but Yad Vashem presented the award to Dr. Bone's daughter, who lives in Israel. And here is Marika Monroy from the Dutch Embassy in Israel, who spoke at the ceremony. Whoever saves a single life saves the entire universe. This is a saying of the Talmud, and it is also inscribed in the Medal of uh, Honor for the Righteous Among the Nations. Jacob Bone did just that. As he saved Abraham Pfeffer, he helped the resistance and therefore he helped save the universe. In the darkest of time, when fear, hostility and indifference caused most people to stand by, Jacob Bone had the courage to stand up, to act and help Jewish people that were excluded and erased from society. We know that trauma and hardships can influence generations. I strongly believe that also acts of goodness and kindness shine through the generations. Le vador, from generation to generation. Jacob Bone saved mankind. We remember. Mm-hmm.